Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. Well, as we gather this morning, we're going to focus on, you know, God's Word, as we always do, and we do that in light of our vision to be a people who are growing in Jesus and sharing Islam. We do that as we gather, grow, and go. Let's begin with prayer. Father God, we thank you for the gift of this amazing day, for the gift of your amazing love for us in Jesus Christ, for a love, Lord, that never ends. Bless us, Lord, as we step into your word, that your word will shape our lives, will shape our perception of ourselves and the world in which we live in, the relationships we live in with one another and with you. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. So a question for you this morning, make sure that you are bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, that you are awake and alive. The question is this, when have you had a complete 180 on how you thought about something? Just think about that for just a moment. I'll give you some examples, like 180. Like as a child, and maybe some of you can relate to this, the only kind of beans that I would eat as a child were green beans. I would never eat black beans, pinto beans, black kidney beans, you know, lentils, you know, refried beans, pork and beans, baked beans, all beans, lima beans especially, were evil. Don't eat them. Then I got you know, a little older and actually started trying some of these different beans. We were like, hey, you know, they're actually pretty good. Black beans are really good and they're good for you. And so our pinto beans and kidneys, and you know, I, I like chili. I used to eat chili with just, you know, hamburger, you know, no beans. Now, yo, yeah, you got to fill a lot of beans in there. The only exception that I have not made any change on is lima beans because they are still evil. <laughs> and I shared that cross-culturally in the Czech Republic and Poland while I was there. And they didn't even know what lima beans were, and I drew up this picture, and I just said, they're nasty. A few years ago, I was on an airplane on the way over to the camp in Poland, and I got the airplane meals, which are never that good anyways, if you ever had airplane food. And I'm scooping in food because I'm hungry, because I usually am just hungry, and I bit my mouth a lima bean. And so just like the plane was flying, so went the lima bean. <laughs> it's terrible. You know, can't convince me on those. But the others, you know, I've been convinced those are really, really good. Another example is sushi. You know, the idea of eating raw fish. You know, I don't know. Some of you might still be like, yeah, I'm not going to eat that. But, you know, I, I tried it because I, I just had to try it and realized that, you know, raw fish, sushi, is really good. That's some good stuff. I might do that for lunch now that I'm thinking about that. Of course, you know, so does, does refried. Almost anything sounds good because most of the time I had a lot of bread and sliced meats and cheese for a lot of my meals in Poland and the Czech Republic. If you've ever been there, you know that's kind of standard course. But what is something, you know, that you have just had, I, this is the way I think about it, and then suddenly I think this way about it. Well, that's kind of what we're going to dig into this morning as we take a look at Paul's words here in in Romans. And as as we do that, I I have two volunteers. I say volunteers. I ask them, like, when we're shaking hands, hey, would you guys volunteer? They're like, okay, what are we volunteering for? Oh, I don't know. Just come up and find out. So uh, Jake and Dale and Father, if you guys want to come forward real quick. Yay, volunteers. You just never, ever quite know what to expect. So I have one of you on this side right here and one of you on this side right here. All right. So I got this giant rubber band. So you hold that side. You hold that side. I want you to be convinced that this is utterly safe, completely 
100% full confidence that it will not break, that you will be okay. Oh, okay, anyways. I got my helmet. I'm okay. Goggles, they didn't work. So, you know, and, and just, just hold on to it. You look a little uncertain. That's okay. Um, as, as we do this, we're going to read through the, the scripture lesson again, at least a portion of this scripture we have from Paul. And as we do this, I, you know, we're going to read through this text here, and I want us to kind of go like comma by comma. It'll make sense when you see it here. And this translation here is maybe a little bit different because this is kind of the translation I worked on and put together for us. But as we hear these words from Paul, I want us to hear what Paul is saying as we think about life and what our lives are like. Because I think a lot of ways our lives are like this rubber band. So if you guys can actually hold it like a little higher, because then they'll see it on the camera if anybody's watching a live stream. They're like, what rubber band? This rubber band right here. This is what happens when the pastor has a couple cups of coffee in the morning. So let's read together. I have been persuaded. Stop right there. Paul has been what? Persuaded. He's had a change of mind. In fact, he goes on, and I remain convinced, read it with me, that neither death nor the complications often arise in life. Stop right there. So Paul is saying that neither death nor the complications that arise in life, go ahead and just step away from each other just a little bit. Step back just a little bit. Okay, that's good. Um, that none of these issues here, next slide, nor any, let's read it together, no powerful angelic beings, go ahead and step a little further, nor even an entire group of high-ranking demonic spirits, a little, a little further, nor anything, I'm going to step a little further away too, um, <laughs> anything that currently exists, next slide, nor anything, you guys can just say right there, nor anything that would potentially happen in the what? Future, nor any political power, nor anything in the highest heavens. Go ahead and take another step away from each other. You're going to do like I did with the exercise bands when I was in the Czech Republic. I was trying to do that with push-ups, and it snapped me right there. I got up the next morning and said, well, that hurt, and realized I had this gigantic bruise across my muscles. Ouch! You got it? If you let go, let me know because I'm going to get out of the way. <laughs> there you go. There you got it. We're almost done. All right, next slide. Nor anything that resides in the deepest steps, nor anything that has ever been created, next slide, is capable of disconnecting us from the love of God or putting any distance between us and the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, Jesus Christ our Lord. So take one more step away. Hold on. So now think about life is like this sometimes, like this rubber band. We feel like we're being maybe pulled on both ends, stretched out. You know, like we just at one moment might just snap. Or that, you know, someone will let go and someone else will get snapped. This is a good workout. You know, this sermon's going to be 45 minutes long. Are you okay to keep doing this for 45 minutes? No, I'm just kidding. You guys are good. So go ahead and come back to you. Thank you so much for coming up. So let's go to the next slide. We'll go back to that first couple of words that Paul says. You know, life is like that. This gigantic rubber band, I think sometimes, you know, life is pretty easy. You know, it's easy going. It's good. Sometimes life is a little stressful, like when your flight from Krakow to Frankfurt is delayed, you know, and 
And you're like, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. Oh, I'm going to make it. Oh, no, I didn't make it. And then three and a half hours of waiting to get your new flight. That's what happened on Friday. You know, you feel stressed a little bit. But sometimes life is even more stressful. Sometimes your relationships with those you love are really strained. You know, we talk about, you know, living during a time of inflation. So we feel our finances are stretched. And maybe, you know, maybe work has got questions. And we just feel like we're stretching, 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 stretching. At some point, we feel like what's going to happen? It's going to snap. It's going to break. And Paul writes these words, and let's read these words again here from Romans 8, 38. I've been persuaded and remain convinced. So some of the translations don't really pick up on what Paul is saying here and the words that he uses. Not just I have been persuaded or that I am convinced. I have been persuaded and I remain convinced. I have been persuaded and I remain convinced that sushi is good. Because I'll go eat it again. So Paul is saying this. And Paul, as he writes this, let's put Paul's life in context here. Paul, many of you know that before his name was Paul, his name was what? Saul. And as Saul, he was a Pharisee. And he was passionate. He was convinced that these people who follow this guy named Jesus, who claimed that he was the Messiah that God had promised, were wrong. And that they should be rooted out. So he had, from the higher-ups, you know, the documents that he could go to Damascus, where he was on his way to Damascus, and he could you know, confiscate property, he could arrest them, he could imprison them, he could put them to death. He was convinced that what he was doing was right. And on the way to Damascus, you know, he encounters the risen Jesus, this bright light. You know, Paul was blind and, you know, Saul, Saul, you know, why do you persecute me? And who are you? I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. And Paul has this 180 turn in his life. Blind for a little while, you know, meets some of the disciples of Jesus, his sight is restored, spends some time learning about who this Jesus really is and that he is the fulfillment of God's promise from long, long ago. This is a guy whose name changed, Saul to Paul, who now, the one who had persecuted the church, who had arrested people and confiscated property and pit people to death, is now willing to lose his own life. This is Paul, as he writes these words, this confidence that he has and continues to have is one who was put in prison. So you, again, you talk about, you know, this is not, Paul's not writing this and he's had an easy life. He's not, uh, not to pick on anybody in particular, but like some of these TV preachers you see who have multi-million dollar homes and cars and planes and things like that, you know, who make you feel like, well, if you're not doing really well, God must not love you. Paul was one who had been struggling. He had been in prison a number of times. Five times he had been whipped. Three times he had been beaten with sticks. He had been stoned a number of times, left for dead. He had been shipwrecked three times. He was hungry and cold and naked and under constant threat of death. Yet through all of that, he says these words. Let's read these words together again. I have been persuaded and I remain convinced. He had been persuaded and remained convinced that no matter how much he felt like he was being pulled, how much life was stretching him, he was convinced that nothing could separate him from God's love. And he goes through this, this, this list. Of this, really what he's doing is doing this all-encompassing list. He's saying no matter what you may go through right now, no matter what your situation is, even though your situation may scream at you 
well, if you're experiencing this, God can't love you. Or it's the sins that we're struggling with that shout out to us, how could God love someone like you? And sometimes I think the devil whispers in our ears, God can never love you. Paul is saying, I'm convinced. I remain convinced. I remain with this conviction that in Jesus Christ, nothing can remove God's love for us and his love for you. In fact, that's, you know, that's the truth here that Paul is landing on as he talks about all these things, all these possibilities that we experience in life, the times that we feel like we're being stretched and pulled to the breaking point. Is God's love for you in Jesus never changes. Now, when I say that, and maybe on the one hand you're like, yeah, we all know that. But if we're honest, if I'm honest, there's those times that when life is difficult, I kind of struggle with that. I mean, it's easy to think God loves me when things are good. But when life is challenging, when life seems overwhelming, when I feel like I'm being stretched so far, like if we had had Jake go to the wall there and Dylan to the wall there without losing fingers, you know, that sometimes we feel that way in life. And Paul is assuring us that God has a hold of our lives. That, you know, the one that holds on to our lives, the one that has created us to be in a relationship with him, is the one that did not spare his one and only son, Jesus. It makes these words that, that we may know from John 3.16 so much more powerful. Let's read these words together. God loved the world this way. He gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him will not die, but will have eternal life. God loved the world this way, that he did not spare his only son. Because God did not spare his only son, because Jesus didn't simply say dead on the cross and in the grave, but he is risen, Christ is risen. Because he's a living Savior. That promise he has for Paul, the promise he has for those early followers of Jesus, the promise he has for you is that whatever your situation is right now, no matter how much it may scream out at you, you can be convinced, you can be certain of this, God loves you. Now God's love, and sometimes people have taken this text and said, well, you know, if you're faithful and, and, and everything is good in life, that's, that's a sign of God's love. It's not a promise that things won't be challenging. It's just the opposite. That things are going to be challenging. Life will sometimes stretch and pull and twist you. Sometimes you and I are going to feel so broken by our own sins, by the corruption and sin in this world. Sometimes life is overwhelming. But we can be certain that God loves us. Because it's not life's circumstances, good or bad, it's not our obedience, our faithfulness, well done or poorly done. It's God's promise and the fulfillment of that promise in Jesus. His love, God's love for you in Jesus never changes. And that's so important for us to, to hold on to, to understand. Because it shapes how we experience life. 
again, I don't know what your current situation is, but I know this truth that is guaranteed in the blood of Jesus Christ, the one who died and rose again. God loves you. And that love for you will never change. You know, here at Holy Savior, we talk about growing in Jesus and sharing his love. You know, part of growing in Jesus is us returning to this truth. Because it's a truth we don't just want to hear once in a while. It's a truth we want to celebrate and live and, and reflect on and let shape ourselves, our lives every day. Sometimes, you know, we're the one that's going through a difficult time. And that's so important for us to know. God loves me and Jesus. No matter what the situation around me may say, I know God loves me and that he will never abandon me, that he's always with me. Sometimes he's using us to share that love, to encourage others. Part of what we often do in the mission trips that we take is we encourage not only our fellow American and Polish staff, but we often find that sometimes some of the campers that we work with, one of the things that we do for the, is often encourage them, God loves you. Because like so many of us, at points in our lives, we doubt God's love. We wonder how God could love someone like me. But it's as simple as a song that many of us learned as a child. Jesus loves who? Me. Jesus loves us. And Jesus loves you. So a challenge, and this is a reflective challenge as we talk about growing in Jesus and sharing his love. It's a question for you to reflect on. And the question is this. What does it mean for you in your current situation that God's love for you never changes? Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for the gift of your amazing grace and love. Lord, it's a love we don't deserve. It's a love we cannot earn. It's a love we cannot lose. You are faithful, even when we are faithful. You love us and you are with us, even if the situations we are experiencing shout out to us just the opposite. We trust in you. We trust in you as you gave your one and only son for us. That you love the world, that you loved us so much, that in him, in his death, in his resurrection, Yes, Lord, we have life eternal someday, but we have life today even in the midst of hardships and challenges and uncertainties, doubts and frustrations, those moments of joy and celebration, tears and sadness. We can have the certainty. We can have the conviction, as Paul did, that you love us, that your love never changes. Lord, help us to live in this love. Help that love to shape even the most challenging moments of our lives. And help us to share that love with others. We pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening. Until next time, God bless.